0: Chapter number two, the prophet Haggai, chapter number two, it's wonderful to be at Truth Church this morning with the Gilbert family. I appreciate Darren and Ginger so very much and all of their children, very special to me. My wife, Sarah, I'm glad that she was able to come with me, my wife of 20 years, that I still love being with and hanging out with, and I'm grateful that she is here. I'm glad to be with Bishop Gilbert and Ramona Kay. I didn't know her first name was Ramona until today. Ramona Kay, love you, Mama. I'm so glad to be here. Amen, amen. And I'm glad, that, uh, I'm glad that all of you showed up because if you wasn't here, I'd be here by myself. And what fun would that be? Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? I can promise you that that chair you're about to set in is more comfortable than the best hospital bed that that one right down the road has to offer. Better than the best nursing home and I promise you, you'd rather be right here, right now, than at the finest, most well-groomed cemetery that the greater Denison area has to offer. I'm glad I'm alive today. And if I'm going to be alive, I might as well come to church and get me a word. You know, there's, there's power in a word. See, I didn't just come to preach. You can get anybody to come preach. I came to give you a word. There's a big difference in just preaching and giving a word. You see, it was the word that created the world. Then God got Adam out of the world. Then God got woman out of Adam. And then Jesus came from a woman. And the church came from Jesus. And the residents of heaven get to come out of the church. So if you make it to heaven, you got there from the church that came from Jesus, that came from a woman, that came from the side of man, that came from the earth, that came from a word, and that, ladies and gentlemen, came from God. Never underestimate the power of a word in your life. Haggai chapter number two. In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai say speak now unto Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel governor of Judah and to Joshua the son of Josedek the high priest and to the residue of the people saying, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory and how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I commented with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, and fear ye not. But thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts.
1: How can I say thanks for the things YOU HAVE DONE FOR ME THINGS SO UNDESERVED YET YOU GAVE TO PROVE YOUR LOVE FOR ME THE VOICES OF A MILLION ANGELS COULD NOT EXPRESS MY GRATITUDE ALL THAT I AM and ever hope to be I owe it all to thee to God be the glory to God be the glory for the things he has done with his blood he has saved me with his power
0: Of the glory today, <laughs> hallelujah. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former. I said, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. Are you grateful for this latter house on this Sunday morning? I said, Are you grateful for this? Ladder house on this Sunday morning. Clap your hands all over the building and let's give Jesus praise from this ladder house. You may be seated. What happens in your house when you know that company is about to come over and they're coming soon? You race in a mad dash to clear the clutter from the counters, wipe. The filth from the bathrooms remove the dust from the shelves. You run the vacuum over the carpets. You mop the floors. You spray the air fresheners, perhaps even light a few candles. And when the company pulls into the driveway, you grab your Bible. You sit in a chair and you appear to be engaged in whatever book you're in on that particular day. Knowing good and well when you rise to answer the door, your heart is racing and probably 120 beats permitted as you excitedly proclaim. Come on in. Knowing that an hour ago, the house was a total mess. We read the word of God. And when we read it with hunger and desperation, we'll find that any time that there was an encounter between God and people, something was going to happen. And on this Sunday morning, I... Rise to tell you early on that when you and I have an encounter with God, something is going to change. And the greater the encounter, the greater the change. I want to also tell you that I sincerely believe that Jesus can do miracles at any time and at any place and at any location. In the Gospels, Jesus ministered in a whole lot of locations there was the field. There were boats. There was the synagogue. And my my focus today is not on the field. It's not in the boat. And I don't even find it necessary to even mention the synagogue. On a number of occasions, the Bible mentions that Jesus went in to a house. And here are just a few of my observations. And please remember, folks. Jesus does not change. When he enters our lives, we can expect the same things to happen that took place when he entered the house 2,000 years ago. And before we go to the first house, I want to let you know, I want Jesus in my house. I want him to know, whenever you wanna come over, the house might be a mess, or I might have just tidied everything up. But when you knock on the door, If you want Jesus in your house, you ought to give God praise right now. Is there anybody from back to front, left to right that said, Pastor, on this Sunday morning, I want Jesus in my house? I know that uh, this Bible is filled with a whole lot of things that we live by. It's filled with a whole lot of things that we hold near and dear. And if you have ever heard anybody tell you that God, the Bible said that God will not dwell in an unclean temple. I'm sorry to tell you, but you can read Genesis to Revelation and that, sir, that, ma'am, is not in your Bible. Do you know why? Because if you are unclean, you need Jesus to enter your temple because he is the God that knows how to fix you up, straighten you up, clean you up so that you get prayed up, worshiped up, ready to be caught up. Is there anybody in the building that thanks God that when you were undone, when you were unclean, he came into your temple and filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want Jesus in my house. I want him in my house. In Luke the 19th chapter, you'll find this. Jesus passes through Jericho, and there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He was rich, and he was chief among the publicans, and he could not see Jesus, who he was. He couldn't see him for the press because he was a little of stature and he ran before. He climbed the sycamore tree and he sees Jesus and Jesus looks up and sees him and he said Zacchaeus make haste and come down for today I must abide at the house they had never been introduced they had never had a formal meeting up until this point but Jesus didn't say hey little man he called him by his name could I rise and tell you on this Sunday morning No matter where you are, he knows your name. You might be in the valley low. You might be in a sycamore tree. You might be a true church on the last Sunday of November 2021. He knows the hairs on your head or the ones that are not on your head. He knows what you got on. He knows the chair you're sitting in. He knows your problem. He knows your stank. He knows everything about you and he came to this building today to change your life in your house <laughs> make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house could I tell you on this Sunday morning whatever it takes I want Jesus to show up at my house it's not about coasting through life it's about climbing and whatever I've got to do for Jesus to look at me I heard the Bible say that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong and I don't mind I'm telling you and it's probably gonna get me in trouble. But if you want Jesus to see you today, having your legs crossed and your arm thrown up on the back of the chair beside you, ain't even about to get the job done. If you want Jesus to see you, you gotta get up off of your seat and up onto your feet and you gotta shake that thing until you feel better. I want Jesus to see me right now. And he's not gonna see me with folded arms. He's gonna see me saying, hey God, here I am. Here I am. I ain't worried about everybody else. I want you to see me. I don't care if you go over here or if you go over there, but whatever you do, I want you right here. Now, now when you do this, you better buckle up because everybody ain't going to like it. The people sitting behind you ain't going to be able to see. They got their new shoes on and you dancing, trying to stay away from their new shoe, Baby, if you sitting beside me and I go to heaven, my moment of jubilation, I might not care about your shoes because I want to see Jesus. If you wore a new suit today and you got on a new tie and you can't give God praise in it, I would never wear it again. Because when I enter into his gates with thanksgiving and I come into his courts with praise, I've gotta be thankful unto him and I've got to bless his name. Is there anybody that came to True Church on a Sunday morning that'll say, I don't care who's on my left, I don't care who's on my right, your people behind, you better hide in walk I'll do whatever it takes. He's coming to my house. And here's how I know because in verse number seven, it said, When they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. That kind of shoots holes in your argument of God will not dwell in an unclean temple. He's going to the house of a man that is a sinner. Not everybody understands what Jesus is doing in my life. When he starts blessing you, people are going to murmur. When he starts blessing you, people are going to complain. Well, baby, if you want what I've got, then baby, you got to do what I'm doing. I can't stay on the ground. I've gotta climb the tree. I want him in my house. He could not see Jesus for the press. Now I pastor a church is like this. And I got a lot of people that can't see Jesus for the press. I mean Fox. I mean CNN. I mean MSNBC. I I mean the Denison Sherman Tribune or whatever it's called. I mean Facebook, I mean Instagram. Let me tell you something folks, I know where we at. But if the news of wars and rumors of wars, pestilence and earthquakes stops you from looking up, then you need to get rid of that press and you need to make your own press. Why do you think the apostle Paul said, for I press to I'm making my own news today. I walked into this building bound, but I'm leaving blessed. I'm making my own press. I walked into this building fear Fearful, but I'm leaving with faith. I'm making my own press. I walked in here lost, but I'm leaving out found. I'm making my own press because Jesus is in the house. How many of you want to do whatever it takes for Him to come to your house? Are you ready to climb? All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Zacchaeus stood and said, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anybody, I'll restore him forth fourfold. And Jesus said in verse number nine, this day salvation is come to this house he didn't say salvation has come to this man. He said salvation is come to this house. You climbed a natural tree and now Jesus is going to climb up in your family tree. I need somebody in here to realize what you do today is affecting your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. If I want my family to have Jesus in the tree then I've got to say Lord I'll give it all just come to my house high press y'all ready to go to somebody else's house alright Zacchaeus we'll holler at you boy we'll see you next time let's go let's go in Matthew chapter 9 it came to pass as Jesus said at meat where was he In the house, and behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. The Pharisees saw it and said to the disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? but when Jesus heard that he said they that behold need not a physician but they that are sick I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance a publican is a tax collector, a publican is a taker, a sinner is somebody that misses the mark but when Jesus comes in the house he turns takers into givers I'm not here to be a consumer, I am here to be liberated by the authority of the word of the Lord and by the power that is in this house if all you've been doing is taken I want you to understand if you want to be a giver today is your day and the moment you become a giver it's winner winner chicken dinner and I will know that God is my God because he is here the house they that be whole need not a physician but they that are sick I don't want to be so whole that I don't need the great physician you just keep me sick because I need him how many of you are sick today You're sick of worldliness. You're sick of carnality. You're sick of false doctrine. You're sick of loose living. You're sick of it all. You're sick of the hypocrisy. You're sick of the bad news. You're sick of the media. You're sick of it all. Good, because they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. I hear that old Pentecostal hymn book song saying, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. Need thee. Is there anybody in the house that can sing that song with me today? I need God. They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. We live in a world of envy and pseudo-perfection. Living my best life when they really ain't. God has been so good to me. I'm a true church today. You know what I'm talking about? Every time you scroll through their Facebook page, it's all love, peace, and hair grease. It's all sunshine and rainbows. But that person is miserable. I want you to understand that if I'm living for God, I don't have to go on social media and try to be something that I'm not. God forgive us of pixelated promises and give us a genuine encounter with God. I want to be whole. I said I want to be whole, and the only way to wholeness is for Jesus to come to my house. You might Might have been a sinner, but he said, "I'll sit at the table." You might have been a taker, but God said, "I'll sit at your table." Because when you're eating with Jesus, old things pass away, and behold, all things are become new. My God, come to my house. I don't know whose house it was that he sat and ate with publicans and sinners. But we'll see y'all later. We're going to the next house. Y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and tell him, come on, let's go. Matthew, the eighth chapter. Jesus came into Peter's house and saw his wife's mother sick of a fever and he touched her hand and the fever left and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. You hear me, church? When Jesus enters a house, the sick are healed. And when you can be so full of the Holy Ghost that you want your mother-in-law healed. That's how you know that you are right with Jesus. Oh, help me preach this Holy Ghost. I need somebody in here to say, I've got a sickness in my house, and as long as Jesus is coming, the sick is gonna be healed, and the devil is gonna be cast out. If there's somebody in this building that is sick in your body, I've got good news for you today. Jesus is in the house, and if you've got a devil that's been barking up your tree come to steal and kill and destroy Jesus is in the house and he brought life and life more abundant now watch this I'm, I'm just reading my Bible I'm just reading my Bible bro you, you picked me up for church today you brought me to the house And I'm glad this man was so fired up when he picked me up from church. He was preaching to me in the car on the way here. I'm talking about spitting on the windshield. He was fired up. I said, how long you had the Holy Ghost, bro? He said, four years. And uh, I said, you married? He said, yes, sir. Been married for been with my woman over 25. But when we got the Holy Ghost, you know, Pastor, we had to make things right. And he said, I got five kids. And how many grandkids? And 12 grandkids. He's only four years older than me. <laughs> Jesus came in your natural tree, and he's done really got up in your family tree. It's got all kinds of brains. But watch this. The same day and the same house, Peter's mother-in-law got healed and then the devils are cast out on the same day and in the same house I want to keep Jesus in the house long enough that he not only takes care of the physical but he'll also take care of the spiritual I need somebody in here to realize that God did not just call you to take care of your physical needs he wants to stay in the house long enough to get that devil out of you so that you'll be able to say I was chosen in him before the foundation of the world and greater is he he that is in me than he that is in the world this latter house has got it can we keep going can we keep going look at your neighbor and say let's go Peter will holler at you later my boy Matthew 17 when they were coming to Capernaum they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, doth not your master pay tribute? And he said, yes. They they, they arguing over uh, paying taxes. I would have been very, very present in this particular conversation. When he was come into where? Where, where? The house. Jesus prevented him saying, what thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom tribute, of their own children or of strangers? He said, Strangers. Jesus said, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go out to the sea and cast an a hook. Everybody say hook. And take up the fish that cometh up first, and when you open his mouth, you'll find a piece of money." The Bible said that when they entered the house, Jesus instructed Peter to go fishing. And when he did, he would find money in the first fish that he caught. Could you hear this bald-headed, red-faced fisherman preacher today? That if God loves you and if God wants to sustain you, he will supply all of your need according to his richness is in glory. He knows where you are. He knows your debt. He knows how much it is. And he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in this house. Now watch this. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You read the book of Genesis. He created the fish of the sea. So here we are on this particular day, and there's a fish. That was a good photo op, Mr. Kodak man. And that fish all of a sudden... He hears a voice. I'm commanded by God. I got to go over here to this shipwreck and I got to pick up this piece of gold. And then the Bible said all he did was cast out a hook. They wasn't a worm or cricket on it all. Oh. No catawbas. He wasn't throwing a buzz bait. He wasn't throwing a a rappeler. He wasn't throwing a sprofrog. He he, he wasn't throwing a devil's horse. Nothing. Nothing but a hook. And that fish goes by and picks that gold up and goes and just gets on the hook. (laughs) So if God can take something that is cold-blooded It was still created by him and for him. I'm preaching to somebody this week that you got a bill in the mail and you don't know how you're going to pay it. I've got good news for you. If he can put gold in the mouth of a fish and make him bite a hook without any bait, he is going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. But he can't do it unless he's in the house. My God, have mercy. Let me preach this today. I stand before you on this Sunday morning to tell you that God is still a provider, that God is still a way maker, and he is a About to make a way for somebody that you did the checks already in the mail. Somebody's gonna supply all of your need according to his riches. What watch this people misquote scripture. And look, I got a degree in theology, and that and two dollars and 47 cents will get you a Pike's place at Starbucks. A tall, you ain't even getting the medium or the large. So check this out. Jesus said, "Lo, I am with you all way." Ain't no s on the end of that. You know why? Because they ain't but one way. Paul said in Philippians, "But my God shall supply all of your." Where you at, my theologians? It didn't say needs. It just said need. How come? Because there's only one way and there's only one need. And all I've got to do is find the way and he'll supply my need because everything I need is in Jesus. But if I want Jesus, my God, he's got to get in the house. ready to go to the next house? All right, tell them we'll see y'all later. All right, now, Mark chapter 2. Jesus went into a lot of houses. And I just picked the best ones, the ones that preach real good. Mark chapter 2, and again, he entered into Capernaum. And after some days, I really like this, and some of y'all about to smell what I'm stepping in. It was noised that he was in the house (laughs) so I read this like this if Jesus is in the house then by God there's going to be some noise am am I wearing y'all out I said am I wearing you out already how many of you got a little more house in you how many of you ready to keep traveling on So let me ask you a question on this Sunday morning. Is Jesus in this house? If you answered in the affirmative, then there better be some noise up in here. I said it was noise that he was in the house. So if Jesus is in the house, there's got to be noise. So lift up your head, throw your chin in the air, and make
1: some noise.
0: Now, I believe in borders. I believe in boundaries. Even football and basketball teach you that. If the ball goes out of the boundaries, what happens? The game stops. Same thing with you in your Christian life. You go outside the boundaries, the blessing stops. I love Old Testament theology. I love tabernacle. I've been giving myself to the study of the tabernacle for 24 years. And the one thing that shocks me that not a lot of people realize is way before gold covered the table of showbread, way before Bezalel grabbed his hammer and made the beaten work of the lampstand of the seven golden candlesticks, way before gold went on the altar of incense or the Ark of the Covenant. You read your Bible. The very first thing that they covered in gold was the boards that made the outside of the tabernacle itself. God cares about our boundaries. But here, ladies and gentlemen, is a crowded house. This is a house where a man sick of the palsy was carried by four other men. And the Bible said they could not get in, not even through the door. So what did they do? They climbed up on top and they started tearing the roof off and they lowered the men down and when Jesus saw their faith he said to the sick of the palsy rise, take up thy bed and walk and what God sent me to True church today to tell you is you do have a boundary to the north the south, the east, to the west but God said if you've had a ceiling over your house it's time to tear that mess off because we're going higher than we've ever been in all of our lives. I got something to the left. I got something to the right. I've got something in front of behind. But I'm going up because Jesus is in the house. Here, here's a house that had religion, but no room. Here's a house that had dinner, but no demonstration. Here's a house that had a crowd, but no call. Programs, but no power. Songs, but no salvation. Music, but no miracles. Events, but nothing extraordinary church programs they are fine we have them at our church and we're going to have some more i heard the announcements on the couch this morning y'all going to have some events and y'all going to have some more But the underlying purpose of every event we have is to get people into this house. And when they get into this house, Jesus is saying, I was here before you even got here. I was just waiting on you to show up so that I could show out." Ain't nothing faster than light, right? Nothing, speed of light, ain't nothing faster. But I think there is. Now, this is just how my little South Louisiana brain works, okay? There is something faster than light. You know what it is, Brother Jordan? It's darkness. Darkness is faster than light. How so? Because when light shows up, darkness done gone. And the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. In order to have comprehension, you got to have existence. And if you don't exist, you can't comprehend. There is a devil after you. He wants to keep you in darkness. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he also said, you are the light of the world. A city of a bunch of houses set on a hill that cannot be hid. Who in this building today wants us Hey, I saw the light. Let's uh, man, I, I got two more houses. Y- y- y'all got time? Hey, we just walking through the neighborhood, Cuz. Now watch this. I- I'm-, I'm gonna go in this house and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get up out of there. Okay, Luke chapter 11. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. And he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not washed first before dinner. You got Jesus in your house. God manifest in flesh. And you worried about if he washed his hands before he grabbed your chicken leg? the problem. When people, I'm talking about rank sinners, come into our church and we trying to put skirts on them and they ain't even got the Holy Ghost yet, we got a problem. Look, I don't care if Joe Blow comes in here and he's got on a sleeveless shirt, old chest hair hanging out, got a tattoo on every square inch of his bodily real estate and the first thing you are trying to do is get a baptismal robe on him before he's even ready to be baptized we've got a problem when Jesus is in the house he starts on the inside and then he works on the outside who am I preaching to today that says God Change me on the inside. I need you in my house. Work on my interior. And then we'll talk about the outside. He's in the house. He's in the house. He's in the house. All right. That's all all I'm going to say about that house. We didn't stay long. We just ate and left. We need help clean up. Y'all ever have church functions like that? People just come and eat and leave. And the same eight people clean up. That don't happen here. It just happens in Vogue. All right, I got to go to Simon's house. All right, we going to Simon's house. Not just Simon, Matthew 26. Simon the leper. Oh, wait a minute. God won't dwell in an unclean temple. He going into a house of a man with leprosy. So you don't need perfection for Jesus to show up. You just have to have a need. Can can I keep preaching this? I I thought I had two more houses to go, but it's really three. And and we just left one, so now it's two. Y'all still with me? Look, I I came from South Louisiana to come here, and, and I don't want my message to be shorter than it took for you to get ready to come to church. Now watch this. In the house of Simon the leper. And there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when the disciples saw it, they had indignation. And they asked this question, to what purpose was this waste? This ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Matthew said it was his disciples. Mark just said it was some of the disciples. So not everybody called it a waste because what is waste to one person is worship to another. You might be in this building looking down your long critical egotistical nose at these people running the aisles and saying why would they want to do that? Baby when you've been hellbound and you have been depressed and you have been discouraged you will do whatever you've got to do to give God praise when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for me. My soul cries out, Hallelujah! Shout, yeah! Shout, yes! It wasn't about the cost, Pastor, it was about control. And you hear me, as long as I'm the pastor at Bogalusa First Church, and as long as Darren Gilbert is the pastor of Truth Church, I can go ahead and tell you, baby, Jesus is in control. And when Jesus is in control, that's where the magic happens. How many of you in this building, if you were in control, we'd have done left. We'd already be at the buffet. But as long as Jesus is in the house, it's have thine own way. Whatever you gotta do, however long it takes, I want it, I want it, I want it. it. So you, Brother Travis, and your wife's name is Sarah. I'm Brother Travis, and my wife's name's Sarah, and we both bald-headed. I just don't have a cool little earpiece thingy on today. You might ask him, what you doing with that on your ear? That's G14 classified. I know you keeping me safe, right? That's right, front row. You try to do something stupid at our church, pop, pop. See, your worship is your worship. And people need to leave you alone while you're worshiping. Because if you didn't pay, you don't get a say. Look, I grew up, I grew up in a very stoic church. I grew up in a Methodist church, a United Methodist church on John Wesley Boulevard in Bossier City, Louisiana, my hometown. And if the methods of the Methodists were getting the job done for me, then I would have one of their robes on preaching in their church today. But when I think of where God brought me from, I can't sit still, I can't be quiet. The Bible said, Lift up your head, oh you gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. So if I get a little loud, you don't know like I know. If I sweat a little bit, you don't know like I know. If I get a little rowdy, if you didn't pay, you don't get a say. So now watch this, watch this, she she pours, you know, you, you hear people say she smashed the box, she broke, no, she broke the seal. And how do I know that? Just reading my Bible. She couldn't pour it if she smashed it. So God didn't come for you to smash your vessel, he came so that you can open your vessel And you can pour out praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. And they had indignation. They got mad. This could have been sold. And Jesus said, you leave her alone. She's done this for my burial. And could you imagine Jesus being at the Roman scourge? and they're beating him and they're saying my God what's that smell and then they spit on him my God what's that smell they put that crown of thorns on his head my God what is that smell they put a spear in his side they put nails through his hands and through his feet he looks like a carpenter but he smells like a king I need somebody in the building to realize and understand when you pour out your praise you're situation might look like it stinks but could I tell you from the Lazarus point of view the sting didn't stop him then and it ain't gonna stop him today he knows what he has need of and it's to show up to your house and bring an odor of praise and worship he is in the house are you ready? Uh, y'all ready? Y- y'all ready to leave this house? All right, we're going to the next house. Hey, we'll see y'all later. Th- th- this is the last house. Everybody say Jairus. Jairus. Matthew chapter 9. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, here we go again. He saw the minstrels and the people making a noise because when Jesus is in the house, You're going to make some noise. And his daughter is dead. Life is not in her body. She is not breathing. There is no pulse. But I've got a feeling something is about to change because Jesus is in the house. And he said, give place. That's Greek for get up out my way. For the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand. And the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. She has no life. She is just a corpse. And the Bible said that when Jesus said she's not dead, she's only asleep, they laughed him to scorn. I have been in Bogalusa for 13 years now. I have declared things over our pulpit and in days gone by they laughed me to scorn but when God brought to pass what I prophesied as an oracle of God God turned their laughter into me looking at them saying ha ha I told you so so if somebody is dead and Jesus says they're asleep you can laugh all you want to you can hide and watch baby he's in the house and she's about to get up Now, again, I'm just reading my Bible. All right? Jesus was the lion or is the lion of the tribe of Judah. You got that? Okay. So if you're Jewish, you ain't allowed to touch dead folks. It's against the law. How come? Because that's just the way it was. You still with me? All right, so, so, so I want you to come lay down right here. Yep. He's 45. He said, oh. All right, so you dead. Close your eyes. Stop breathing. No, I'm just kidding. So you know what? you a dude. Here, go, go somewhere else. I need a come here, baby. Come here, baby. Okay, come on. All right, this whole entire church service, the rest of it, rests on you. No pressure at all. If we have if we have good church from here on out, you did awesome. All right. If uh, if we don't have good church from here on out, it's my fault. So Jesus was not allowed to touch dead people, okay? Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah. That means he was Jewish. Jewish folk can't touch dead people. So the resurrection did not happen when he grabbed her by the hand because he was a law-abiding citizen her resurrection took place when he walked in the house and said she's not dead, she's just asleep. That's when life came back into her body. And when Jesus took her by the hand, all he did was help her get up out of the bed. I need somebody in this building to let the book of Romans become a reality. He's given you power to call things that be not as though they were. So tell your prodigal children, you're in the house. Tell your cancer, I am healed. Tell your devil. You are gone. Tell your church you are filled up. So how many things have you written off how many people have you written off how many individuals are in your life right now that you say they're dead they're gone your dream your vision i am here in this building today to tell you jesus is god and god cannot lie so the moment he looks at somebody dead and he says you are asleep you just woke up he's just coming in the house to help you get up I need somebody in the building today that'll say, Pastor Houston, I want Jesus in my house. I don't want him tomorrow. I don't want him next week. I want him right now. Hearing the stories, a bishop this morning talking about was at the cotton mill, and then the church moved from there. To to Bell's Highway. And then from there, I assume it went to the previous location before this one. And then we're here. I'm just reading my Bible. And Haggai sends out the prophetic word. The house never changed. Only the glory intensified. That's why when Jesus was in the temple... Somebody had to stand up and stop everything and say, wait a minute, a greater than this temple is here. I want you to understand, we have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have a church building, but this building without the body contains no glory. And that's why the closer we get to the coming of the Lord we have got to lose the mentality of the church ain't what it used to be. If the church ain't what it used to be, then you are in the wrong place because according to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, a people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the longer it exists, the more the glory intensifies. So if you've got the attitude that the church ain't what it used to be, perhaps you are not what you used to be. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. God come to my house. God come to this house. God come today. So now, now no, no, no music today. I, I, I want these people that serve continually to be able to have an encounter with Jesus. And I want you to take, take the revelation from that last house of things in your life that you have deemed dead. I want you to take the revelation of that last house of something that you feel is gone, that there's no hope and there's no use. And I want you to go. Go with me to John the 11th chapter take that same mentality Lazarus he's dead he's been dead for four days but you know what Jesus said our friend Lazarus is asleep and it was at that moment that life came back into his body before the stone was ever rolled away Because God cannot lie. And because Jesus is God manifested in the flesh, whatever he calls it, that's what it becomes. And yesterday, I buried a man that helped me unload the U-Haul when I moved my family to the city that I labor in today. I watched as his wife would lean in the casket and say, come back. Come back! Painful, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching. But when Jesus went to wake up Lazarus, he didn't say, Lazarus, come back. He said, Lazarus, come forth. So if we want resurrection power, It's not in going back to what we used to be. It's in taking truth, church, and moving forward. So stand to your feet all over this house and get to this altar as fast as you can. And let's let the prayer and the travail and the worship of God's people The atmosphere, the cry, the utterance, and let it be, I want Jesus in my house. I want Jesus in my house. I want Jesus in my house there's a big difference between not dead and resurrected we can't be content with a church that's just not dead we've got to strive for that resurrection power yes, I want him in my house I want him in my house I want Jesus in my house he's not going to give you a new house He's just going to intensify the glory. You're not going to worry about the silver. You're not worried about the gold. You're not worried about the furniture. You just want the glory. God let the glory of this latter house be greater than the four. Come on, true church, if you feel like Lazarus, thinking you'll never measure up, Jesus is coming to your house. If all you've done is take and miss the mark, Jesus is coming to your house. If you're sick in your body, Jesus is coming to your house. If you've got a devil, he's coming to your house. If you're broke, he's coming to your house. If you can't walk with God, he's coming to your house. If you've been stuck in tradition, Jesus is coming to your house. If you've been critical and cynical, he's coming to your house. If you're a worshiper, he's coming to your house. And even if you're dead, he's coming to your house.